September 12, 2010, First Church and Parish in Dedham, Keeping the River Flowing by the Reverend Raleigh Weaver. We are all born from the water of our mother's wombs. Water is needed to regulate our body temperature, to protect our organs and tissues, to lubricate our joints, to process our food, to flush toxins from our bodies, to carry nutrients and oxygen to our cells, and to dissolve vitamins and minerals so that our body can use them. Every living thing needs water to survive. So we return to this sacred space, honoring the water in our lives. We bring water from our vacations, places we go to reflect, to swim, to celebrate, to relax, and places that hold our hopes and our grief. Some of us bring water from our tap, from our hoses, from places that feed and nourish our families. I choose the poem from Billy Collins for this morning because it reminds me of the water I don't often think about. For instance, if until the well runs dry and a new well must be dug, groundwater is something I rarely think about. It doesn't help that most of us rely on city, a city water source. So unless we find out that the pipe bringing the water to our home is broken or supplying the house with unhealthy water, we have no need to ponder it. I dare say that here in the United States we are privileged. Clean, healthy water is easily accessible to us. Thankfully, unlike other bills, water bills remain relatively low. And even though there are times when we have a scare, such as we did last May, for the most part, our water is potable when it enters our homes. But for the moment, let's imagine you couldn't pay your water bill or your sewer bill. While your water and sewer would not be turned off, Overdue amounts in Dedham are charged an interest at the annual rate of 14% calculated daily. So if you can't pay the past due amount on your water and sewage bills, a lien is placed on your property for the amount you owe and interest accrues and this could make it very difficult to sell your house. I say all this to illustrate that despite the fact that nothing alive can live very long without water, and water is necessary to flush sewage from our homes, whether we buy water in bottles or pump it from the ground or pay the city for it, it is something we all have to pay for with time or money. Did you know that it is averaged that in just one day more than 200 million hours of human work time is consumed by the collection of water? Two hundred million hours a day. That is more than 22,000 years in work time spent in just one day. In Africa, it is estimated that for each body, four gallons of water is needed per day. That is a bit over 33 pounds per person. The average family size in sub-Saharan Africa is six, which means that the mother and children in that family must carry a minimum of 200 pounds of water to their family each day. Now for a moment, let's just imagine that we didn't have the water systems that pipe water right to our bathrooms and kitchens. It is average that each person in the United States uses 82 gallons of water per day. 
That would be a matter of carrying 684 pounds of water per person in your family per day. The average family size in the U.S. is three. So if you have three in your family, you would need to carry 2,052 pounds of water each day. Of course, we have pipes that do that for us, and we have cars and public transportation, too, so carrying water for miles doesn't present the same problems as it does in sub-Saharan Africa. Water-related diseases are a growing human tragedy, killing 10 times the number of people killed in wars each year. Approximately 2.3 billion people, roughly a third of the population, suffers from diseases linked to dirty water. Dirty drinking water is the cause of cholera, typhoid, dysentery, polio, meningitis, hepatitis, and diarrhea. Sadly, all of these illnesses and deaths are a direct result of human exploitation of our rivers and lakes and oceans, some of which could be avoided if water was treated properly before it is used to water plants and to hydrate animals and people. But water treatment is expensive, and so naturally very few developing countries can afford the infrastructure necessary to make safe water available to all. And this is not just a problem in developing nations. Fresh water is needed for every living thing to be healthy, and yet one in every three people worldwide has no access to clean drinking water. For this service, we have gathered photos from our family vacations. These photos are beautiful representations of mostly fresh, clean water where we play and reflect and recreate. There are also pictures of people in our slideshow, and we know that our bodies are 70% water. As some of you know, this summer I had to have some surgery, but once out of the operating room, I was hooked up to an IV. The intravenous mechanism pumped three full bags of water into my body while I recovered and prepared to go home. Perhaps some of you have experienced this. This was the first time I ever had three IVs of water pumped into my system at the same time I was drinking water, and the effect was fascinating to me. By the time they took the IV out, I was, and I am not underestimating, very, very hydrated. I felt great. In fact, my skin looked younger. I sort of glowed. I tell you all this as a reminder of how important it is to stay hydrated. Hydration is healing. And this water in our bodies is important to recognize and celebrate. Coincidentally, the earth is also 70% water. And as I put the slideshow together, I am haunted by the fact that only 3% of the earth's water is fresh enough to drink. To Eileen Sullivan, we can credit a photograph of Lake Havaskol in Mongolia, which is one of 17 ancient world lakes and is more than 2 million years old. This magnificent lake holds 3% of the Earth's fresh water. While this lake is used for unregulated fishing, 
The lake area is protected by a national park that is larger than Yellowstone. To Diane Winchester, we can credit the photograph of Lake Baikal, which is the world's most ancient and deepest lake, second only to the Caspian Sea, making it the most voluminous and oldest freshwater lake in the world. In our slideshow, there are pictures of the Seine River in France, Lake George in New York, Cape Cod, Maine, and Star Island. There are photos of first kayak trips, the Outer Banks and Reedville, North Carolina, Adirondack Creeks, several different oceans, and fresh and saltwater marshes. To our beautiful vacation photos, I added one snapshot of the Ganges River. Although I have never seen it, I justified my choice because I know in years past some of you have visited this sacred, albeit polluted, river. I also know many of you have brought water but sent no picture. Each of these photos and the water you bring represent a time of growth, of reconnection, and deeper understanding, and of purification. For those who tried new things or deepened friendships or explored new territory or developed a more empathetic heart or survived a difficult experience or relaxed from your busy life, I want to celebrate with you. This is one of the amazing things that water does for us. It cleanses our bodies and minds and opens new pathways for understanding. And this is the miracle I want to celebrate with you today, the miracle of purification and transformation. The reason I added a picture of the Ganges River is because it perfectly represents this miracle. The Ganges River has a long-held reputation as a purifying river. It is declared India's national river and is sacred to millions of Hindus who believe their life is not complete until they take a bath within the river. Paradoxically, the Ganges is also considered one of the dirtiest rivers in the world. The commercial exploitation of the river has risen with the population and collects large amounts of human waste. However, according to a December 2007 report by Julian Crandall Hollick on NPR, the Hindu claim that the Ganges River can be cleansing appears to have some basis in fact. To begin with, there is nearly 25% more oxygen in the Ganges River than any other river in the world. It seems that many different types of multi-celled DNA called bacteriophages form within the Ganges River and serve to destroy large-scale dysentery and cholera bacteria, preventing epidemics. And the river has an unusual ability to retain dissolved oxygen. But the reason for this ability is virtually unknown. Some say the oxygen comes from the glaciers at the source of the river. Others say it is in the riverbed. Nobody knows for sure. Just as our lakes and rivers must filter and clean and purify, so must we. In our busy lives, we need these times of reflection and renewal to begin again. And when we focus on the water crisis, I think it's easy to become overwhelmed, to be immobilized and to stagnate and, and po become polluted as a stream 
and to feel frenzied like the rapids, waterfall, and hurricane. To be of use, we must remember Lao Tzu's words. One cannot reflect in streaming water. Only those who know internal peace can give it to others. To address this water crisis, to rehydrate on all levels, we must all begin by opening our hearts and minds and eyes to every drop of water. Let us begin by acting locally, by abiding by local water restrictions and not water our lawns during drought conditions. Let us capture rainwater to water our gardens and cut our lawns much higher or not at all, providing shade for roots which will help to reduce water loss. Let us choose plants that are drought resistant so they can withstand the hot summer months and mulch our gardens to reduce water evaporation. At home, let us reduce our water use by installing faucet aerators and limit dishwater, or dishwashers and clothes washers to full loads. Let us collect all the water that is wasted while waiting for the hot water to reach our faucet or showerhead and use this to water our plants and do the same with water that we use to cook vegetables and boil eggs. Imagine how much water we will preserve if there is never a leaky toilet or drippy faucet, or if every one of us stopped allowing the water to run while we brush our teeth or shave or cut our shower by just one minute or filled our bathtub only halfway. I don't expect any of us will be perfectly perfect water savers in just one day. But the first step in feeling proactive about the water crisis is to do what we can. The second spiritual practice is to pay attention to how much water we use. The water crisis came because humans took our water resources for granted. Part of the water renewal will come in awareness. Every day as I shower, I say the words that come from Thich Nhat Hanh. I bathe myself in generosity and appreciation and the enlightened understanding of my life's experience. I say these words because they ground me in the healing energies of the water I use each day. I encourage you to find words that speak to your heart or write your own. I bathe myself in what? I bathe myself in the water that comes from my faucet. I bathe myself in the nurturing water that renews my soul. I bathe myself in the generosity of spirit I am seeking. You can find your own words. The added benefit for me is that these words bring an awareness to my daily routine that helps me to limit my water use, just as if we time our hand washing with a song. If I say these words as I rinse my hair, then my hair is rinsed in a matter of seconds. I also feel it is of spiritual significance that we remain hydrated. The Institute of Medicine suggests that men consume three liters or about 13 cups and women consume 2.2 liters or about nine cups of water each day. Often, when people are having a rough time, 
I remind them to breathe. But I am beginning to believe that it might be better if I remind them to drink water. Pausing throughout your day nine to 13 times to drink water can be healing. Breathing and water are vitally important to your well-being. Developing increasing ways throughout your life to connect to both of these elements can keep you from becoming stagnant and keep your river flowing. Some Buddhists articulate that consciousness is like a flowing river and that our true nature is the riverbed. This year, let us reconnect to our riverbed to find the ground beneath the endlessly moving stream of our lives. Let us begin by paying attention to the water.